And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, creator, podcaster, uh, make sure you hit us up, aoastudios.org. Follow us on Instagram, and uh, we got plenty of uh, services that we provide here, audio recording, podcasting, music videos, the works. Uh, make sure you hit us up for those. We actually have a, a great special going on until October 1st. Uh, link is in the description. Check that out. And I'm joined today by another very special guest. Some of you might see he's familiar to you. If he's not, you got to get hip with him because he's doing some awesome things. Please welcome Brendan Janetti from the Music You're Missing podcast. Brendan, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for coming down. Dude, I'm doing so well. It honestly has been really such a pleasure to hang out with you before the the whole podcast shoot, and now I'm excited that we're that we're live. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I mean, we we're having such a good conversation off air. I was just like, I really gotta get this thing started. Yeah, so. no, it's actually <laughs> we're a little bit over time. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> Seriously, I love it. But no, so your show or your platform, I came on to because of Mako. Shout out, big shout out to Mako. Shout out Mako. Um, because he. He was on your Up Next Fest, actually. And thank you for the swag, by the way. Just so you guys are aware, this is from the Up Next Fest that you had in November. When was that? It was De- December, December, like 8th, I think. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right, because it was the day before my birthday. I remember that. That is It was happy. a good little birthday gift there to see you go. make on that stage at Middle East. It was cool. Um, great show, by the way. Stefan Dev, big fan of him. Big, been, been a big fan of him for a while. He's, he's a friend of the show. And then... I uh, got to meet Retrograded and see his set. He was awesome. I yeah, he was music. really high energy. I had never seen him play. I just guessed that he'd be good, and he yeah, was awesome. He was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So your play, you, you, I think we're both kind of similar in the sense of like we're both not a traditional podcast. Like we both Definitely. do different things outside of our podcast. Like that is kind of you know how we both I think kind of started, but we've branched out and done different things. Where you more so as like an on-air personality. Um, so. That's where we're going to start is uh, the objective. We get to know you, your background and different things. You have a really awesome and unique background. I have them all written. I actually couldn't memorize them because there's so many different things. (laughs) I have them all written down. Um, So you were an iHeartRadio. You were part of the iHeartRadio street team at the age of 19, which is super cool. And then you did some college. uh, You were a part of the college marketing team at Sony. And then you were one of the youngest on-air radio personalities in the Boston market for Country 102.5. So like... And then you graduated uh, with music business at Berkeley yeah, for your master's, which is so you've, I mean, dude, the resume speaks for itself. That's incredible. It sounds cool when you say it out loud. Doesn't it? It's In in practice, it ain't that cool. But yes. It's kind of yes, dope. It's kind of dope. So I just want to like, I'm curious, like your background before all of those things, like what brought you? Because likewise, I am not musically gifted. I don't yeah. think either of us are. We both have initiated that. Although, you know, maybe there's something. In the- I'm just undiscovered. <laughs> <laughs> I just, my, my potential hasn't been tapped into yet. I feel like Same. I am low-key like a really good singer, but no one has heard it yet. <laughs> or like a songwriter or something. I don't know. I'm good in the shower. That's about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but tell me a little bit about like your journey through music, like especially like upbringing. Like was music always a huge part of your life? Was it something a little bit later? Like where, how did you sort of decide like I want to be a part of the music business yeah man you know it was definitely something that I didn't realize was like a part of me until afterwards like it it made sense 
I guess growing up, like, I didn't really have a thing. I didn't play sports. I didn't do drama. I moved. So I was a little awkward for, like, a lot of years. And really, I guess, like, the only thing I really kind of dug was music. And at the time, like, the iPod Touch just came out. So, you know, I had, like, uh, iTunes. And I was obsessed with, like, monitoring the charts and things like that. Also, of course, I had LimeWire. Let's not kid ourselves. LimeWire. Big shout out to LimeWire. <laughs> Big shout out. Literally, that was, that was my Friday nights in middle school. Just going on LimeWire, ripping... Yeah, because not to cut you off, but like similarly, I don't want to say I was an awkward kid, but I was one of those people like when growing up in my town, like I was kind of friends with everybody, but almost friends with no one, if that makes sense. Like I was friends with everybody, friendly with everybody at school, but I wasn't really part of like a, like a legitimate group. So like on the weekends, and again, I would hang out with some people on occasion, but like there were a lot of Friday nights where I'm at home by myself and literally to pass the time. And to like us keep me company was music. So same, and then I yeah, would, sure. I would peruse LimeWire, and find, <laughs> and that was my like initially when I was young. Like people were coming to me for all all the time for I've really been music curating since I was in middle school because people would come up to me saying, "Oh, I know you you have all the dope new music. Yeah, like, dude. What are you same. listening to? And yeah, yeah. That's that that was like a good feeling. And, like I loved that shit. So my name obviously is Brendan Genetti, but. Like growing up, everyone called me BJ. Honestly, still to this day. Oh, but <laughs> in middle school, or I, yeah, in middle school, they would some people would call me DJ BJ because I would always. This is actually kind of embarrassing, but but this is before Bluetooth speakers. I had obviously, I, like I said, I had the iPod Touch, and they used to have these speakers that you'd plug into your iPod Touch. Yes, I so did. like I, I was that there. kid because they weren't they weren't a thing. No one had that, so I was the kid with the speaker in middle school, and I would like play music out loud. And I used awesome. to carry CDs. In, okay, in hindsight, I guess I really was weirdly into music. You, yeah, I used to carry to CDs in my backpack too. And I was telling you about the middle school teacher that I straight up used to bully. Um, he <laughs> used to run like this after school like music appreciation thing that I was a part of too. So in hindsight, I realized, you know, I really liked music and it was just natural. Like I just remember being like 19 and seeing an opportunity at iHeart. And I was like, no, that sounds cool. Like, obviously, I, I want to do that. So I applied and I got the job. And obviously, that is what shaped like the tra- tra- trajectory of the rest of my life. That's so cool. So tell me a little bit about, um, actually, real, real quick. Yeah, like iPod Touch. I want to get on that. <laughs> I had I had an iPod Touch at one point. But my favorite was the iPod, um, not the mini, but the uh, the one that like... The, the, the big motherfucker, like the one that had like, you could have like 30,000 songs on. Like, Would it have a silver back? Yes. Was that the, I think it was called the iPod Video. Maybe I'm wrong. It didn't have video on it. Oh, I do know, no. I knew, know what you're talking about. It was just, like, maybe it was the classic. Maybe uh, that's what it was called. Like the iPod Classic, but it was like, Maybe I'll, I'll get a picture on the on the screen. Yeah, I'll, yeah it's, it's in here somewhere. This is this is the one I had, and it had like thirty thousand like songs on it. And I I never got to quite to thirty thousand, but like I remember having like twelve to thirteen thousand songs on Damn. It at one point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, before wow. it, like, I broke. did not go that that hard. That's awesome. Oh, like I was a fiend. It was bad, but yeah, same. Like burn it. <laughs> I burned CDs for people. Like that was my shit. But anyway. Um, iHeart Radio Street Team. Yeah, tell me about that. Like that first opportunity you had. Like, first of all, what is the iHeart Radio Street <laughs> Team for anybody that doesn't know, including myself? And also, like, what was that experience like? Honestly, like I have so much shit to talk about my past work experiences, except for with iHeart. <laughs> I had such a wonderful time there. Like it was truly like the formative years of my like of developing who myself as a career person, if that makes sense. That's yeah. where I learned the fundamentals of a lot of my 
like grind, if you will, and just how to act in in a place of work. It was truly so fun. My very first ever fucking gig was I worked with Demi Lovato and Rob Gronkowski, and there was a photo of me that went viral on Twitter because I was like in the middle of them. It was my very first gig ever that I worked <laughs> for, and I was viral on Twitter. I, viral back in the day, like was lasted like twelve hours on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it was so lit. So I just like got to do any event that they had. Like I got to be present at and like a lot of it obviously like some of it was like you'd go to the sprint store and promote like kiss 108 but then other things i got to go like backstage at you know huge like the iheart radio jingle ball at madison square garden they took me to or like the td garden i got to go to and i got to execute like vip tours backstage so i really learned a lot about the industry um so i like i said i'm super grateful for that time i made a lot of long-lasting friends i'm still friends with and it's funny that i'm so grateful for it because i think i made like 11 dollars an hour um, <laughs> but it was I, if i could have that job modern day but you know maybe make like six figures yeah that would do it <laughs> that's so true um that sounds like a, well i'm about to say like the demi lovato rob gronkowski thing sounds like a like a pretty highlight like a big memory oh. for there but do you have like, a, is there like another highlight with your time at iheart that like really stands out to you other than that one if they're like like an interaction you had with a celebrity or a, or a, an artist by chance or like an, an experience you maybe had or something you learned definitely i mean i did like touch on briefly like madison square garden going to like the mecca of live yeah, entertainment sick. was amazing but i would say my my final year there um the kiss concert happened on the same time that the spice girls had a reunion tour in england and it just so happened that a lot of my management had previously booked tickets so it was literally up to me and this girl devin who i actually started music you're missing with to run essentially the the whole show like behind (laughs) the scenes so i'm like 20 no i think i was probably like 21 and just re- like I was working with the Jonas Brothers all day, like I was their wrangler, um, Ellie Goulding I was working with. And it was just like, I can't believe I was responsible <laughs> for them <laughs> and to make sure that they were in the right place at the right time and like was doing their VIP meet and greet. It was just really cool to have that much responsibility given to me at such a young age with like such high caliber artists. I, I definitely, like I said, super appreciative of that That's opportunity. Awesome. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. And then from there, you moved on to Sony. Right. I, yeah, both. I was in both oh, the, same both the same time, and I was in okay. college. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, so how was it? What was it like being at Sony? Like, how was that experience, dude? That was really funny because so I, I went to UMass Amherst, which yep. like to no one's surprise is like not a market for music. Um, and I found the manager of the Sony Music U program, and I found his email, and I messaged him, and I was like, "You gotta hire me." Like, I know you don't have a market in UMass, but like, I work for iHeart. Like, I I promise, like, I'll I'll do you right. And obviously, he didn't answer me. So then I like followed up with him, and then he eventually hired me. And he was like, "All right, yeah, we'll make a program at UMass Amherst." So he definitely took a chance on me, and that was sick because similar vibes. It was very like self fulfilling. Like I had to do a lot of. I got to do a lot of my own things. So it was really cool. It was a fully remote job. Um, but they also like sent me to New York and I got to do a lot of like events and stuff. So it was, again, to have those two opportunities at such a young age, really, I feel like I skipped a lot of steps in the best way possible. Yeah. No, I was about to say like that puts you on a trajectory, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you say it. Early That's how you say it. Um, yeah. That puts you on a trajectory early on to be successful. 
in yeah. that in that situation like that that's that's fantastic i will say though too because i don't want to be all sunshine and rainbows it also oh, that's for sure sets of fake image of what the rest of the music industry is going to be. It's like, I got to do all of that cool shit because I was making $11 an hour. Once you hit a certain threshold, you know, that becomes old news. It's not cool to be around these people and you need to start making a living. And I think that's like a, that's a reality that you face a few years into the music industry. You're like, mm-hmm. mm, can't be doing this stuff forever. Like I need a paycheck. No, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, we were talking that off air about <laughs> podcasting and how lucrative it can be, but how difficult it is to actually become yeah. monetized and become a, a platform from a music, like from a podcast, excuse me, standpoint where you're making like a lot of money. Like that is difficult mm-hmm. to do. I think part of the reason, I don't want to speak for you, but like for me, it's why I have branched out and done other things like oh, yeah. shooting music videos, managing artists and different things because there are, there's money in those and owning a studio. I mean, where we are right now. Um, but that's why, but I think that's part of the reason why it's helping now. But like the podcast for me eventually, like eventually led me to these other, like other opportunities and endeavors. But now it's almost like, those endeavors are allowing me to continue to do the podcast. Definitely. Sense, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. super cool. Yeah. So like, I love that they're like kind of coexisting, but and like helping each other out. Just expanding way. the brand. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's sweet. And then you ended up being on country 102.5 <laughs> as an yeah. on-air personality right before you started music. You're missing. Right? Yeah. So take me through that experience. No, like, man. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, you're like, no, <laughs> that was the funniest time of my life. That was literally the most off brand thing I could have ever done. I was going to say, because I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you, I could be wrong about this, but I don't know if you've really had many country artists on your show. If any zero. Yeah. No, That's what I, I don't have like country music because I don't, really listen to country music i definitely like growing up growing up or like middle school early high school i did um and i know like you know the hits but to modern day i haven't listened to country radio yeah. since like 2019 maybe when i was since in country there. radio yeah. um that job was really funny man i i only did that because i was at iheart and you know, like I said, I was doing that for like three years. And though I was 22, like I was practically like a seasoned vet there. I had a quick turnaround and I had just gotten my bachelor's degree. I was like, all right, well, like what's next? Like I, I can't be doing this forever. Like I said, need a paycheck. Like sure. got to keep on moving. 100%. Um, So I reached out to WKLB, like the production, their program director. And I was just like, hey, like I have, I worked at iHeart, worked at Sony. I've done some interviews with artists. Like, do you want me to be on the radio and he was like yeah but you need to quit tomorrow and i was like fuck you that is when that <laughs> that is like this is when i knew i was like an adult now i'm like oh i have to backstab like a company that i really liked for like the past three years but i was like okay so i did and then i quickly moved to 1025 and i'm super duper grateful for that experience because i realized radio was not for this guy it's super isolating. You're in a box alone. And the way that their um, office was set up is like, I didn't have coworkers until eventually I got promoted to the morning show, which was fun. But also I was 22 and I had to work from like 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right. And then I also had to work from 7 a.m., 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I just never slept in my whole life was working and bringing it back to money because I feel like that is a huge, uh, anytime I talk about like, career in the music industry i cannot stress like dreams are all fine and dandy but money is really important um and i feel like you have to live yeah and i'm someone like now i think maybe i should provide context like my full-time job is in tech 
and I make a, a great amount. Like, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Like I make a, a great amount of money when I compare it to the music stuff I've done. So that's why I just like to be honest about the fact that like I've done cool shit, but like it's, it's hard to, to do. And if, if that's like your dream, like keep in mind that it's kind of low paying. The sustainability is difficult. Right? Yeah. And even like you, like you, fair, you were pretty much saying like, dude, I can't believe you do everything you do as a, a full-time teacher and yeah it's i've had to make sacrifices like i used to coach basketball i don't coach anymore because this other the music side of things is is starting to you know grow for me a little bit but at the same and and i am doing cool things and i and i like what i do um and i'm glad that i i am a voice in the scene for boston and like in massachusetts as a whole um but yeah no i mean i'll be transparent too like this is not my full-time job right now and like this is uh, uh at best a side hustle but more or less like a passion and that's yeah. the way i see it like I'm, I'm just balancing that out at this point with in my life like trying to be you know sustainable in my adult personal life but then doing something i actually like genuinely enjoy not that i dislike teaching because i don't but yeah you, because you were a teacher for a little while, for a brief period. <laughs> so too, many different ed. jobs. Well, yeah, was, we could go forever talking about other things we've done, but no, like our like little jobs we've had. But yeah, no, it's um, I will say though, like there's no better job to have to do this than teaching because of all the breaks and getting out at three o'clock and different yeah. things like that. It allows for me to do it, it schedule wise. Without that, I don't think I could. Um, just as a like a functional human being, like I couldn't do it. So. Yeah, you certainly need flexibility to do really any side hustle, which is also like why I recommend like if a space in music is what you want to pursue, then maybe find something sustainable on the side and have that sure. be your side hustle. Yeah. While your music is rain hustle, but again, right. like you got to get the, it's tough. the sustainability in there. Yeah, you you were lucky though because you got into it early. I got into it a little bit later. I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't even start this podcast till I was twenty six. 25 25 and then but i wasn't like super serious about it till probably like 26 i didn't really get immersed into like the actual like massachusetts music scene and like kind of is what it is now until i was like 26 yeah so it's really only been three three and a half years but yeah 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 music's a young person's game and it's one of those situations where like i almost feel like i came into it as like an elder statesman but at the same time like i don't know it's 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 in that way it's cool i can almost be like it's funny how like the certain roles I've had in the industry like almost do like touch upon what I do as a teacher. Like I'm able to kind of mentor mm. certain artists and like it's just the artists I manage. Not mentor them necessarily, but like be a sounding board, be a good listener, and like help problem solve. And I think those are all the things that like I do, you know. And even when I'm consulting with different artists on like marketing campaigns and different things, like. I don't know, coming at it from it too, from like a consumer's perspective of like, okay, as a cons- I always think about like, what would I want as a consumer? Yeah. Because I was such a, I mean, I still am, but as a young kid, was a music <laughs> consumer, that was me, you know, like in the flesh. So like, you know, I know kids are different now, but and, and just the landscape of the music industry and just everything in general is different. But like, what would I want as a consumer? That's how I, I, like, I try to look at it. And that I think those things actually give me not an advantage, but they help me. Definitely. Even though I'm a little bit older. I mean, I'm only Yeah, I mean, I'm only about to be 30, but like, it's not hey, like... Happy almost birthday. Um, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I feel like there's a misconception that you have to like have entered it young or you have to have some type of connection. Sure. Um, but 
a lot of skills are transferable and a lot yes. of opportunity is self-made. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't agree. <laughs> I would oh, say, okay. I enough. would say, no, I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm saying like, I think, I think that miscon there is a misconception. No, it is. Um, and it is beneficial to have come up as a consumer and as like the person that is like the key demographic to an artist or someone that you want to work with. You can learn in other ways other than like being formally taught and just sure. by observation. No, I know. Absolutely. And like, yeah, I, I feel like I've learned a lot. I mean, I still have way more that I have to learn, but like, I, I really do feel, um, I feel good about where I'm at, like what I've learned without even all like the formal background with it, which is cool as well. Like yeah. I look at where I started to where I am now. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like, this is super cool. I think just, I think what this articulates for anybody listening to this is like, there is no traditional path. Like no. you, you can go with it in any direction that really suits you or the opportunities as they present themselves. Yeah. I mean, especially nowadays with TikTok, and this is honestly supersedes the music industry. There's so many other industries where virality and a following or just you know like not being hot physically but like being trending being hot um people are talking about you the industries want to see that whether it's like sales acting Mm -hmm. singing um so yeah there's you can really the economy of people is or the creator economy if you will is the hottest it has ever been and might might be the hottest it ever will be sure Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, uh, I love it. I completely. So anybody listening to this, yeah, this, whatever age you are path, you know, it doesn't matter. You, the path you want to take is your own path. Everyone yeah. runs their own And way. I also, I'm like in hindsight, I'm thinking about what I just told you with like iHeart and Sony. I like just fizz like in the radio. I, I made those opportunities. Like I, I emailed the people and was like, yeah. hire me. And yeah. I like forced them. Um, so it wasn't like, like you can do that. You just need to, I guess like be assertive and like be assertive. I mean, obviously find a balance between assertive and, you know, psycho. Oh, a little too crazy, (laughs) but you know, have the skill set to back it up for sure. But yeah, just know that it's, it's a freaking possibility, man. Anything is man. If you really can put, you know, that effort into it and like that passion into it. I do think that there are things like things like that are possible. I love it. And um, yeah, I want to get to the main lesson of the Let's show, of course, because uh, obviously music you're missing. That's the big <laughs> thing you're working on now or that really you're doing now. And I guess show promoting, I guess would be a good way to put it too. <laughs> like, like how many hats you want to wear? Like there's yeah. that too. Um, so tell, you know, obviously you started music you're missing during the pandemic mm-hmm. parents basement, you yeah. know, I kind of have a similar like upbringing in, it's a, with the show as it is too. So, and now you're pretty much partnered with Big Night Media and yep. recording out of there and putting on an awesome show, by the way, June 17th, which should be about next week when this episode does drop. But here's the flyer for that. Um, you have uh, there's a bedroom pop party featuring yes, platinum sir. artists or platinum recording artist Snow as the headliner with Mako retrograded as we mentioned before um who's a new york-based artist and then lazy who is a we're a huge fan of and a good friend of the show so first uh, i want to get to the to the concert and in just a second and you throwing shows but music you're missing like you've had some amazing guests on and it's really i think the platform has really grown over the last couple of years as you've done it so yeah take me through like kind of the the journey of music you're missing and how you started it and um yeah where it is today Definitely. So I can tell you how the name was born before I, I start anything. Please. Um, I was in college and I was stoned 
and I think I was smoking <laughs> a bong with my good friend Jake, who's still my best friend. Love it. And Shout I, out, Jake. At the time, I had a WordPress blog called, this is really embarrassing, called Songs Brendan's Bumping, which <laughs> I actually stole from Chelsea Cutler because she had a playlist called Songs I'm Bumping, so I just threw my name in there. Um, and I was like, Jake, like, I got to change the name. Like, it's so bad. And I also kind of want to start a podcast. Um, and he was like, without hesitation, he was like, what about like music you're missing? And I was like, yeah, it works. <laughs> Let's not discuss. Let's just kind of take that. So that was like an idea that I had in the back of my head. Um, and then obviously, like you mentioned, I ended up doing on-air stuff after college. Um, but the pandemic happened and I quickly got fired in approximately a 54 second phone call. Um, <laughs> so I actually moved to Montana to get away from the pandemic because if we recall when we were young and naive during the pandemic montana had like one case so it was like oh i'll just move there like problem solved (laughs) they don't have coronavirus so i moved there and i worked on this like really exclusive um living community where like tom brady and bill gates have homes it was truly like nothing i've ever experienced i worked on the golf course there um and i realized (laughs) I was like, I can't have a job that isn't in music. Like, I can't do this. So I ended up having to leave because COVID happened, obviously. So I was there for like six, seven weeks. Came back and immediately it was like, yeah, it's go time. Music you're missing is going to become a thing now. Um, So I teamed up with my friend at the time. She's still my friend. But at that time, I teamed up with this girl, Devin, who I met at iHeart. Right, you mentioned that. And um, we were like, let's just interview artists from my parents' basement and see where it goes. And I did, and we did, and yeah, it was like just as TikTok was was coming out too, so it was a really beneficial time to have started this platform, and also like artists were desperate for promo because they weren't playing gigs, and so many people, you know, people only can tune into like live streams of them singing (laughs) so much, you know, it it wears off. Um, So weirdly, it was a good time, and Big Night had started a podcast division because of COVID as well. Cause for those that don't know, big night entertainment is a Boston based like entertainment company. They own like over 20 venues in the Boston area. And if people aren't allowed to go out, they clearly weren't allowed to do things at their venue. So they pivoted, they started big night media and I reached out <laughs> another thing I did another like advice, just reach out, just reach, um, out. <laughs> reach out to the dude who ran, who ran it, sent him like a one sheet for music you're missing. And I was like, sign us. Uh, and then he did. And then wow. it took me a while. Like I, I, I signed on with him in probably for like six months. It was, I didn't really understand how to utilize them to the best of my abilities. And then like after six months, I think we booked Mark E. Basie, who was like one of my favorite artists. And I was like, He's oh, dope. like this is real. Like this could be like a real thing. And then I like really got an understanding of how to utilize like their production team and like what the brand actually was. Um yeah, so that's kind of it. And I guess I should tell you what it is. Um, <laughs> I interview artists that I, I I never... It's so funny. I actually don't have an elevator pitch for it, and I know I need to, and it's something I beat myself up about all the time. But I just interview artists that sound like they could be on today's top hits, Spotify, radio, but they aren't. Um, and that ranges from people that are super independent and have like 20 followers to people that are like platinum-selling artists and, you know, have been around the block and are selling out, maybe not arenas, but, like, they're selling out, like, you know, big venues. They just still aren't getting, like, the attention that I think they deserve. So, I like that. Yeah. So, that. It, we're definitely more, like, pop-leaning as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah that's kind of it and we also have a spotify playlist too that's like our biggest driver um every song every artist that we interview gets playlisted on our spotify playlist Dope. but then we also have like 40 songs in rotation every week awesome awesome yeah the, the spotify uh playlist curating is fun i mean for yeah clearly for us like being you know coming from our backgrounds to, <laughs> to this now is it's, it's it's a lot of fun i i enjoy doing that that's like a part that i actually like doing every couple of weeks like i like to update the playlist and um, with, you know, the hotter music from Massachusetts and New England. But yeah, you're in, you're, we're in a little bit of a different space because, you know, you do promote Massachusetts artists, mm-hmm. just not exclusively like New England yeah. artists, just, you know, you're kind of, your, your pitch, like you said, is more of artists that you think just need a little bit more of a, a spotlight on them that maybe don't. Um, someone like Marky Basie, who has, you know, worked with g and toured with John Bellion. And, yeah. like, he's done some great things, but I would agree. Maybe he's not as big as he even could be or should be. So I kind of like that, that element to it um, for your show. And yeah, so like you've had some really awesome guests on this thing and, um, and I definitely want to talk about that, but I think first it's actually time for a pop quiz. Uh Oh, so (laughs) if you're familiar with the show or if you're not uh, pop quiz is a segment where uh, we ask the guests rapid-fire questions. Some of them might have to do with music. Some okay. might not in your platform. Some might just be you know, things that I found as I have done my research. Um, and some might just be you know, fun questions. We just, we just go through them. Um, it's okay. Nobody's ever failed pop quiz, so you're going to be fine. I know. I, know, you know, I want to be the first. first. You want to be the first? All right. Well, this could be the feat. All right. So um, – my first question, I'll just go off of this. You've interviewed some incredible talents like Marky Basie, Big Gigantic, Hoodie Allen, Lawrence, who if you don't know Lawrence, get Love hip. Lawrence. Speaking of John Bellion, get hip with Lawrence. Same. To name a few. Um, but without thinking about it too much. Uh, un- un- oh, Unusual DeMont is what I saw. Yeah. Too. I'm a big fan of him. He's, he's fire. Um, but without thinking about it too much, like who are maybe like a handful of like favorite guests you've had on or like favorite interviews, like yeah. ones that most entertaining interviews that you've had with music you're missing? Um. You know, obviously, like I do get asked that question a lot, and I immediately am drawn to a few. Um, I would say, out of all the artists I've ever interviewed, there's one whose music I'm just like so in love with the most. I hate to like pick favorites, but I can't mm. help it. He's my on repeat. I can't help it. So there's this artist called Stephen Day, and I talk about him all the time. Like, it's actually, he probably thinks I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> He's been on the show twice now. He is like, one of the most talented artists ever from his songwriting to his production. It's just like a super unique kind of like old soul, modern pop vibe. So it's just a real pleasure for me to actually speak to someone whose music I really value and to like dissect the music with him. Love Specifically, like one of my all time favorite songs is by him. It's called if standing was flying and to talk to him about that was like really cool. Um, that being said, <laughs> another one that I think is really cool is growing up. I used to, I like, we talked about this, like EDM um, in 2000, like nine. I don't know if you recall, but 101.7, we used to be called 101.7 Revolution out here in Boston. Okay. And it was just an EDM radio. And I just used to listen to that nonstop. And that's where I met or heard of Matthew Coma. Okay. Who sings, um, I like us better when we're wasted. Maybe like put some auto tune on that if you don't mind. Um, (laughs) And yeah, he's like a bunch. Yeah. And he has songs with Alesso. And anyhow, now he has uh, this band called, I always get it wrong. Winnick to bowling league. Okay. Uh, And they were the first artists I worked with at Sony 
when I was in college and I never thought I'd be able to interview him mostly because he's like he's also married to Hillary Duff so he's like kind of legit uh and he was like one of my first in-person interviews ever and I was really nervous and like I now I am prepared like probably four days before I interview an artist and, like I have the rundown and I send their I coordinate with their teams and all that stuff I don't I don't even think I knew what I was going to talk to him about at the time because I was so like flustered on yeah it was like <laughs> green I, I didn't really do many in-person shoots and i just hung out with him for like an hour and we played nintendo 64 and he was just really cool and it was really weird to talk to someone who i had been listening to for like 10 plus years it's crazy um That's awesome. did i do the math right i did yeah 10 plus years um so yeah those would be my top two but lawrence too uh, similar vibes was way too green to talk to them <laughs> um made my friend come in and sit in the studio because i was nervous but they were great and that was ended up being like one of our most streamed episodes i'm really surprised yeah. at that point in music you're missing that they came onto the show yeah. but they did uh oh, and so i love them man yeah like there's some song there's a song they have with john bellion that was and i used to do like i have i didn't do it last year because i just got too caught up with with getting the studio prepared but um i used to do like after every year i do like a top based on this like the year like top 20 for 2020 top 21 songs Mm -hmm. of 2021 and i believe it was for 2021 lauren one of lawrence's songs um was it false alarms Alarms. yeah Yeah, i was trying to remember the name and i was like it's definitely if i sang it out i'd remember it false alarms i saw them crazy Obviously, like I saw them the night that they came in the studio, but then they were back not too long after in Providence, Rhode Island. Yep. And they, um, Clyde went to what's the Ivy League in Providence? Would be Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to Brown, and it was basically like a, almost like a hometown show, and it was at a really small venue. And like the next tour they did was at know a venue like six times the size so it was really cool to see them in that small venue it was also like their hometown show and their other brother came up on stage with them oh, it was so, i'm so glad I, I was there for that sweet yeah yeah no that's that's awesome uh, some really really good <laughs> sorry guests. this is a no. pop quiz no no it, no it's all good no i asked you the question you're fine all right um speaking of favorites i need you to get your phone because you ran this really cool and fun uh, game the other day. You, 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 uh, you like to play games on your I show. I love playing you games. You love playing games. So we're going to play one now. Um, you did this very recently, the on-repeat game. I knew. Dude, you know, I knew. As me. soon as you said get my phone, I knew that this was what it was going to be. So my on-repeat, I just checked before we started uh, recording this before you got here. My three, my top three on my on-repeat were Love, Her Fault by Wale featuring Bryson Tiller. Ugg Ugg by Keitramine, which is brand new. I, I cannot stop say, playing that song. That hook is fucking insane. Keitramine, Keitramine, if you're hearing this, like, this, just <laughs> fucking insane. That album is so damn good. And then Lean Beef Patty, JPEG Mafia, and Danny Brown. I'm not familiar with that one. It's it's, it's wild. It's a wild ride. Like, right. they're, they're nuts. They're like experimental hip-hop type deal. But anyway, those are my oh, three wait. right now. Okay. So what are your top three on your on repeat currently? <laughs> Hilarious, first of all. Secondly, I'm just going to let you know that at number four is Mako, Rocky 3. I know you asked for the top three, but I did just want to give you the... Phenomenal. Shout out. Mako my guy, Mako. On my, Our guy, on my on repeat. <laughs> um, my number three is uh, Over You by Louis the Child and okay. Najamza. <laughs> I don't know how you say her name. Um, Louis the Child's dope. I've seen them uh, live. They're super sick. Palladium in Worcester. It's a great show. 
Really? I don't think I've ever been there. Dope show. I saw them on a boat once, and that was really cool. Yeah, they had like a Boston Harbor. It was actually during the pandemic. It was kind of wild. And there was a thunderstorm, and we were on a boat, and it was the most packed I think I've ever seen a boat physically be. (laughs) And everyone was just hammered and like on Molly. Not me. I was probably drunk, but I wasn't on Molly. Um, And yeah, it was lit. Uh, Anyhow, number two. (laughs) We Were Never Really Friends by Bruno Major. Okay. Also one of my all-time favorite artists. Got you. And my number one is kind of embarrassing. No, it's okay. Nothing it's else. Peace and Quiet by Kesha. Okay. Kesha's fire, bro. She's a brand new album out. I haven't heard it yet. So Praying is one of my all-time favorite songs. I won't even lie. If you want if you want the industry drama, man, I'll lay it on you. She as you know, I don't know if you're familiar, but she's in like a legal battle with her record label. Did not know that. Oh yeah. So she allegedly was like sexually assaulted by her producer, Dr. Luke. Jesus. And it praying is about that. Um, oh. and I, I can't, I never mind. So anyways, fast forward to this album and she's basically blacklisted. So they didn't release the album in any stores. They only released it on streaming. So it uh, debuted at like 187 on the billboard 200. Damn. Yeah. Um, but That's I guess it's her shit. last album under the record label makes sense well yeah it makes sense we're following that industry team man um but yeah anyhow that song i actually i i actually no there's nothing to be embarrassed about i think she's like her earlier stuff i just it was obviously radio hits oh yeah too poppy for my taste i could obviously see the appeal but i think her music as of the last five to six ish years i think has been like awesome like that 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 album from praying is like it's ridiculous how good it is yeah and that that praying song is like uh, uh, like incredible i love that shit yeah this is so good this track i'm not even religious straight (laughs) up i love that song and i'm not religious whatsoever it's so good it is good tune um yeah this song uh produced by rick rubin it's really also experimental yeah it's one of my auto tune kind of hip-hop-y i recommend it word i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out later definitely i like that um Again, speaking of games, um, explain to our audience what Crocodile Dentist is That's on hilarious. music you're missing, and because uh, I I really am fascinated by this by this game that you play. So bring you back actually to Lewis the Child. It all started when I had free tickets to Lewis the Child to give away, and I didn't want to just give them away like regularly. I wanted to give them away in like a fun way. So I had this alligator or crocodile to be determined, where like you press the teeth and then it bites you like it's a game like hasbro makes it i used to play at a dentist it has a set of teeth and one of them bites you you press them down hopefully it doesn't bite you um so anyways the competition was for someone to name my like pet crocodile even though it's a game and the winner's name was chance the snapper so he's now our mascot and he's called chance the snapper but in addition of chance being our mascot i also play this game with bands and we take Chance the Snapper and we give them to band members and they go around and they take turns pressing the tooth on the crocodile slash alligator. And if it bites them, then they have to answer like a revealing question about a fellow band member. There was one time I played that game and the questions were so brutal that they, first of all, they weren't that brutal, but they were a little brutal. And the team made me erase one of the questions. No, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that brutal. Damn, they were kind of starting like, drama. They were kind of like teeny boppers. But anyhow, the the <laughs> next the ever since then, it's been a little more calm. But yeah, no, it definitely put people in the hot seat with that one. You're breaking up bands out. Breaking here. up, bands. breaking up groups. 
shit the question was i i yeah i can actually tell the question was like who every friend group has like a runt of the friend group who yeah. who gets made fun of the most and everyone they all said it and then they were like it's just we don't want to promote bullying i was like i don't i'm not really sure that's bullying but i'll erase it well, you're a good sport. <laughs> I like that. That's. I was very fascinated by that when I when I. Heard it's really fun. It's my favorite thing we do. It's super fun. <laughs> it sounds very interesting. Yeah, kind of like pop quizzes. My baby, you got uh, chance of snapper, snapper, crocodile. Yeah, the crocodile dentist name is because my producer was like, I think it's called crocodile dentist, and I was like, Peter, I'm not sure it is, but I'll give it. We're, to you. we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go with it. We're gonna go with it. Um, so is there a recent trend or something that you've seen within the music industry that you think every artist should be doing or at least trying? Is there something that you've seen lately, like Uh-oh. a trend that you, that you really love, like are, that's something that I think people should, should, should go for? Darn. I feel like this may come off pessimistic, but that's just who I am and that's the way I roll. I actually always advise going against the trends. I just feel like... At least the artists I work with, maybe this isn't for everyone, but you don't want to be trendy because trends die and trends fade and you want a sustainable career and you want to be yourself for a long period of time. (laughs) So my, my advice is to kind of see what's trendy and how can you adapt that with, I guess, in your own right or how can you create something similar, I guess while keeping it yourself and and don't be afraid to skip trends like not everyone needs to be in their car saying like i just made the song of the summer like feel free to skip it um so i guess my (laughs) suggestion is avoid trends if you want um (laughs) i like like, no i like that answer i yeah yeah that'll definitely kind of always i'm always leaning towards do the opposite of of the of the norm and the regular i like it well since you're pessimistic, maybe you'll actually like this question better. <laughs> What's your biggest gripe within the music industry? TikTok, like? man. Yeah. Um, I hate TikTok so much. I, 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 and you know what's funny is I earn the right to say that. I feel like doing these this podcast, so many artists are like, oh, I hate TikTok. I hate TikTok. I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I've talked to 110 artists and I've not heard one single. Actually, that's why I've heard one singular artist recently. Like, I love TikTok. Every other artist hates it. Because like I like I'm formally I guess trained in the music industry. Like I have my master's degree in music business. I did Sony. I did iHeart. Like I saw how to make it in music without TikTok. And now everyone's putting all of their eggs in the TikTok basket. And it's like you're missing out on everything else. And also the magic of the music industry was like for me at least it was like not knowing an artist and not knowing everything about them like you knew their music you knew like a little bit of their posts or like their website but now it's like there's too much access to these artists and it's like are you an influencer are you a content creator are you an artist what are you i don't need you to be all all just one i want you to be just want you to be an artist um so yeah that's kind of no i like that answer yeah that's actually why i like my favorite one of my favorite artists and has been for the last decade is the weekend and i think yeah. that because of his mystique is the reason why i continue to go back to them have you ever speaking of um i know i mentioned unusual demont uh, earlier and this gr- group has worked with unusual demont in the past emotional oranges are you yeah. familiar with them bro that was so cool for the amount of time we didn't know who they were. Like yeah. I fucked with that heavy, even though I was like, I need to know who you are. But it was the craziest shit because there was this artist, well, the the guy, the male artist in um in Emotional Oranges, used to go by the name of Azad Wright, and I used to listen to him in college, and I had no oh, idea it was him until later because they wouldn't show their faces <laughs> yeah. or reveal who they were. 
And then I just found out like within the last like probably calendar year that that that's who it was. And I'm that's like, really cool. Blew my mind. There's a song called Old School. He used to I used to bump with one of my old college roommates. Shout out my co- or not friends, excuse me. Shout out Dan Smith. Real name, by the way, not just a generic name. <laughs> and um, John Doe. He showed me this song. Yeah, he showed me this song. We were in freshman in college. Old School by AZ Red. He used to bump it all the time. And then I never really heard much from him after that. And then come to find out he's an emotional orange. Is he still on, is his OG stuff still on streaming? No, it's not. Mm, wow, you really were an OG. That's pretty sick. You can I, find the song. I think it's on YouTube. But still, heard. like, he's at right old school. I want to say it's still on YouTube. Yeah, but. but crazy. But I, I love, anyway, off of your point, I like, I love, I mean, I still love the emotional oranges. But, like, I was so fascinated by them because of the mystique. Yeah. So maybe just some food for thought for artists. Maybe not give all of themselves. I, I kind of actually do agree with that in some capacity. Um, okay. Uh, who would you want to interview if you could? Like any artist in the world, who would you want to interview and have on your show if you could have them on tomorrow? Bruno Major. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually recently messaged his team because he's rolling out a new album. And he said, we'll talk. So I'm going to take that as a... He said, we can maybe make it happen when the album comes out. We're so, manifesting right uh, now. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do on Turntable Teachers. You know, we manifest. We manifest. That's, that's what we do. Then by the next time I see you, well, I would have interviewed him. He'll be in town September 30th. So Okay. I'll definitely see you before that at the show, which we'll talk that about is very true. soon. But, yeah. That would be one. I don't get nervous doing the podcast. I think that one I, I might need to take like a Xanax before. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would freak out because like I said, kind of with Stephen Day, but honestly, Bruno Major, just a little bit more. His, yeah. he, his some, he's someone like, I really listen to him for like the lyrics and I connect with his music so much. And he also, his albums come out at like really great times for me. So yeah, he's like one of my all time favorites. So, and he's like kind of in my realm. Like he's not too hard of a get. Not, not like you know what I mean. Like he's not so sh- sheltered from press. Like mm-hmm. he, I think he could do it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope I'm hoping so. for the best for you, man. Same. I hope, I hope it happens. Um, what's the most underrated genre of music in your opinion? If like you could pick one, because I know you're a big pop guy. I'm I know you pop love guy. pop. Oh. Um, but like or like a subgenre. Like, <laughs> no, I actually yeah, I'm so ready to answer this. Go ahead, go, go. French EDM. French I was EDM. honestly, so I'll tell you this. I was going to lie and say bedroom pop because I wanted to promote the show, but I'm going to be <laughs> honest and tell you French EDM is the bee's knees, man. I love it. Okay. French EDM. I can put uh-huh. you on to somewhere. Bon and Tender, Louis Offman, and then more popular is uh, Polo and pa- Polo and Pan. Okay. They're amazing. I've been, I've seen all three of them in concert individually and every, each one was probably one of like, at least in my top 10 shows I've ever seen. That's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, you i you said you were going to fail pop quiz. <laughs> you you definitely aced it, so congratulations <laughs> to you. Uh, well done. Um, this show, man, Bedroom Pop Party. Let's talk With about snow, it. Snow, Mako, Lazy, Retrograded. So, like, you, I want to, yeah, talk about the show, of course. And, guys, uh, tickets are on sale now, June 17th. We'll link that in the description. At Big Night Live, doors at 5.30, show starts at 6.30, promptly be there. The lineup is incredible, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. <laughs> I am a little biased in this situation, but yes, the show is going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Big Night Live is an awesome venue. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the show. And then I want to also talk more about too, like being a, like 
the show promoter and up next fest and all these different things that you've done. Yeah. So first we'll, we'll start here with the, with the, with the more uh, pressing show, but <laughs> yeah. So this was definitely something I had in mind for quite some time. And we definitely have been sitting on this one for a while to try to make it a thing. Um, and finally we had the opportunity to land a night at big night live. And I just immediately kind of knew what I wanted it to be. Um, I feel like, music you're missing lends itself really well to bedroom pop um because a lot of the artists that not even that we interview but that we interact with a lot of our like listeners are artists themselves fall under that category so it's like a, a lot of i don't know yeah anyhow <laughs> uh it just made sense if that makes sense like that's yeah. how we started it's what we're still doing like it just made sense to kind of highlight that genre. Um, obviously, I just said French EDM is like one of the most underrated genres. But genuinely, like if we think about bedroom pop, it really had such a moment because of the accessibility of like music creation now. Like anyone can make a song. Anyone can get their song distributed. And that's the genre that I, I see kind of flourishing. Um, and I wanted to have a celebration for that vibe but i also wanted to create a night where it's like you don't actually need to know the artists on the lineup if you don't know them like that's cool you're here to discover and also there's going to be art there so it's like you're here to discover and kind of really tap into like your creative side and just kind of vibe i love it i love it i don't know if that was a good description no no that was great that was great (laughs) um getting someone like snow to headline yeah it's just simple as you always do like you just reached out to the team and they got back and (laughs) that was it so I had no clues from the area, to be honest. So I he also was an artist that I worked with at Sony with Get You the Moon when that came out. It was technically a Kina song, but he wrote it and obviously does vocals on it. Um and I just kinda always like thought he wouldn't say yes to being on the podcast. So I never actually reached out to him. And then one day his manager reached out or whatever publicist and was like, Hey, like Snow lives in I think Salem. Do you, like want to interview him i was like what <laughs> i never knew that he was local yeah let's do it so then i had him in the studio and like immediately i was like hey like just say so you know expect an email <laughs> you're definitely gonna play at my show that i'm gonna have and he was like word um and if we're talking bedroom pop like he is literally the lo-fi king snow he right right That's and like, like i said like handle. <laughs> get you the moon is a prime example of like a bedroom pop superseding bedroom pop i guess and going into the mainstream like he wrote that in his bedroom the original clip that went viral was a clip of him singing in his bedroom on his guitar unpolished i don't even i think he messed up um and that's when Kina saw it flipped it and then obviously got released under a major label so kind of going back to you know the bedroom pop genre and like it really is meant to be highlighted because that's kind of where the best ideas start from and stem from yeah Um, yeah so that's kind of how i got him I love it. I love it. And then Mako, you had him on Up Next Fest and had him on your show. Um, yeah. So again, I, I know I'm sitting right here and he's <laughs> definitely listening to this, but like, you know, why, what, what, what about Mako for you wanted you? Why did you want him on this lineup? Yeah. Well, I think honestly, selfishly, I really do like his music. Like his genuinely. Fantastic. Um, like genuinely, like I said, he's on my on repeat. So I, I genuinely listen to him. Um, two, Obviously, he killed it at Up Next Fest, and he, I would say, he falls in the bedroom pop genre. So, again, kind of easy peasy. Let's get him, let's get him on the lineup. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, and then Lazy. Yeah. I think she's the... I mean, Snow is, but I think the other person... I think Mako and Retrograded can definitely go outside of bedroom pop. Not yeah, to say yeah, that yeah. Snow and Lazy can't, but I think when you get down to bedroom pop, I For think sure. Lazy and Snow are like the epitomes of that. So, again, what about Lazy? And again, I mean, she's she's been absolutely killing this year like really has and we had she's a turntable teachers alumni shout out lazy um what about her made you really want to get get her on this lineup too so i think one thing i try not to look at is numbers and i really try to let the sound kind of do the talking so lazy someone that i i've i've known first of all did not know she was local never looked at her numbers always just assumed that she was like a big deal somewhere not that she's not a big deal but i always thought she was like doing the touring thing probably out in la and then i actually saw that mako had a show with her and i was like wait what like is she local and then i actually looked into her music because again like also when you like work in music for me there's music that i listen to and then there's music that like I kind of work with. That exactly. Makes sense. No, it does. So I, I she's one. I'm like, no, this is like, I like her music. I don't really want to look into her. Like, I don't want to subscribe to her business nonsense. Like I want to actually enjoy her enjoy music. Enjoy your music. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously like once I realized that I was like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like that's perfect for this lineup. And it's great because there's not a lot of females in this genre. Um, and I know that <laughs> because I, I consulted, a bunch of my friends in in New York and in LA who both work for you know music industry jobs. I'm like, I need to find like more bedroom pop like woman if I'm going to continue this. I don't want to just highlight dudes because up next fest was all dudes, and I honestly felt really bad about that. <laughs> um, but there's nothing I could do because like the there was a a girl that I asked out in Pennsylvania, but she couldn't make it work. Um, so yeah, it, it's I what. I really liked about Lazy is one, I genuinely liked her music. Two, I think she's such a unique act and like can really elevate other women in the genre. Plays everything herself too. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like produces her, like, well, doesn't produce all her own stuff because I actually am really good friends with some of her producers, like people she works with. But having said that, like multi-instrumentalist, um, you know, produces literally in her bedroom a lot mm-hmm. of the times. So like she, yeah, she was the perfect candidate when I saw this lineup and I was like, Oh yeah, she's got to be on it. Um, love that. And then retrograded comes back to Massachusetts, man. So like he's just somebody that you're in, <laughs> you know, good graces with and good, you guys are yeah. good friends at this point. Cause so, like he's done a lot of your shows. He's come on your show. Like you to guys, be honest, you guys love him. the funniest thing about retrograded is like, I, like I said, I did not know, I've never seen him live when I booked him for Up Next Fest. I just assumed he was amazing. He, would be, by the he way. was so great. Like to he, be honest with you, this is not a knock at all. There was a couple of songs. There's one in particular. Like now, the name of it is escaping me. But I actually liked the way he performed it better than better. the actual recorded version. Because wow. I went to I went to go back and listen to his stuff. Actually, my girlfriend and I both after Up Next Fest, we were driving home, and I was like, I got to listen to this dude's stuff because it's really good. And obviously, some of the songs very much. This song called. Um, coffee sunday morning coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah that song's amazing but there was another one i can't quite remember the one off the top of my head that it was but he the way he performed it was just like he blew it out of the water and then just maybe because i hadn't heard the song yet it just didn't have the same effect that it did live yeah but like he was really, so high energy really good performer yeah like very like amazing performer great artist to kick off so he kicked off the show too um first right. of all i will also say like all four of the artists there and i'm not even just saying this like genuinely were so like amazing yeah 
the energy that they gave was like no other. Like it was genuinely so good. And the amount of comments I got from that, because a lot of my friends were there who like don't know a rat's ass about music. <laughs> and they were like, that was really good. My One of my friends has like a obsessed with section two now yeah and he'd be like oh do you see like section two posted i'm like yeah i mean yeah i did like i, I know him he's like my friend <laughs> um but yeah uh i forget what i was talking about but up next fest was awesome and i think this will have a very similar vibe it's definitely gonna be a little bit different because it's in such a larger venue right um but it's still gonna be intimate and there's gonna be art and like vintage there mm. so like i said really like playing into the whole like diy aspect of it sure 100 percent um so these with up next fest as well we were talking more about retrograded if i think that, oh. that was why yeah that okay was... uh, nope all right so then, <laughs> this is what happened i interviewed versace in my parents basement oh, that's dope and he dm me or i did like a ask question thing yeah like ask a question for versace and he answered it and or he asked a question for versace and then i asked that question on the podcast and then ever since then i've been connected with him and it's just weird because I, I've had this platform for so long. So to actually make like a real life connection was weird. And I get to the show and I'm like, oh, where are you staying tonight? And he was like, I'm in East Boston. And I was like, dude, I, I live in East Boston. I just moved there. And he was like, oh, yeah, my cousin lives on this street. I'm like, I live on that street. <laughs> and I ended up becoming really good friends with his cousin. And now oh, we're like homies. Shit. Like I see her very regularly. And That's I'm awesome. like friends with her friends. So, yeah, I mean, that was like a no brainer. I was like let's let's go yeah like let's hang out with your cousin <laughs> but yeah no and he also killed it up next fest so yeah and i loved how like he was so i mean we spoke a little earlier about like not giving too much of yourself online but i love when i go to see a show and the performer actually gives me something about themselves on stage oh actually, yeah that is that is the place to do that's it. that's where you got to tell your story exactly or let the music speak for itself too exactly I thought he really balanced that super well with mm -hmm. like giving us some context on some of the stories. Like I think like one of the songs, I remember this, like he had said like one of the songs, it might've been the Sunday morning coffee one where he was like on his like, maybe I could have this completely wrong, but like his parents farm or something like that when he wrote it or something crazy <laughs> like that. Like I remember there was a story that like he had spoken and I was like, oh wow, like this is now like, building that like context in the set like the That's setting funny. of like where the headspace you were in when you wrote this song i think like that piece of it when you're at a show mm -hmm. and an artist does that and like really lets you in a little bit i really appreciate that definitely i thought he did that so well well especially like up next fest like i said and similar to bedroom pop party is like a lot of the people that are going to be there aren't going to know any of the artists. Like, that's the whole point. That's how we're marketing it. And it's no surprise. Obviously, these people are selling, you know, tickets. They're going to, their fans are going to be there. But there's also going to be people that have no clue right. <laughs> what music you're missing is even. Right. Like, they just stumbled upon an, an art festival. And I think that's what I was really surprised at at Up Next Fest is how well they played to a crowd who didn't know them. And yeah. I thought that's like a huge skill. And mm -hmm. like, I guess for anyone listening that is an independent artist is like stage presence is honestly like more important than how good you are on stage. Cause you can sit in a room and like be sick. But if I, if you're singing a song to me, I don't really understand it. Or like, I'm just like not catching the vibe having like that story before, like, you know, like dancing, like it just, uh, I don't know, like transcends energy. Like hundred percent. You transfer of energy. Yeah. Cause like even me, like I'm obviously obviously very familiar with Mako yeah. and like familiar with Stefan Dev as well. 
um, but didn't know section two and retrograded. So yeah. like that for me was like, oh, okay, this is even still opening me up to like newer artists. How many of you, of the up next fest have you done? Just, just one, just one. This is our, so this is your second one, like the second, like real yeah, event you've done, right? We had one fundraiser event that I threw in my friend's backyard, um, okay. similar to porch fest, if you will. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was cool. But that like kind of kicked it off. This is our second actual like show gotcha. ticketed show, if you gotcha. will. Yeah. So is there like a plan going forward to continue doing more of these? Like is, is Up Next Fest something you'll continue to do or is we'll be on like we'll be branded differently or you, are you not even sure yeah, yet? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll speak honestly. I, I think Up Next Fest, I don't think I was in a place to put to th- throw that. Um, it was a super I mean, it was a success. I can't lie. <laughs> but I don't think Music You're Missing established itself enough to say like we think these artists are up next. It's like at the end of the day, who are we? <laughs> you know, I get that. We are but in a place. You also have to start somewhere as a show promoter. Like, Ex- yeah, I'm I'm promoting a show in I'm uh, throwing a show in, J- in July with uh, another with a like I'll keep that on the low for now. But like, or maybe it's already announced. I don't even know at this point. By the time this is out, but like, um, yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and you know, I feel like at that point, you know, you. I, I will say though, I mean, that was only barely six months ago. I think you had built up enough credibility to to justify it. So I think give yourself a little more credit than that. But yeah. like and it, and it was and it was a dope show. So like and, yeah, and it's at the Middle East, sick. which is it's the Sony at the Middle East, which is a great venue, it's a historic venue. So like I think in a lot of ways it's a good first test for you i mean jumping from then sonya to, to big night live now and, and like it's that's scary yeah <laughs> it is but at the same breath like it's that next kind of inevitable step I yeah mean, did you always see yourself as wanting to throw shows and like be a show promoter pretty much or like is um, that something that you just kind of fell into and, and decided on like later on no i did so like kind of what i was saying, like up next fest it just didn't feel right after it like it, again success loved it everyone was great but i'm like this isn't what music you're missing is what music you're missing really is is like bedroom pop party like we i like to party i like art the artists that we work with are very diy so it's like that's kind of who we are and that's where i feel like i have the credibility to not just throw an event but throw a unique event like almost like a never before seen type deal whereas up next fest could could definitely have been a little copy paste from it's just a learning thing it's like a natural progression where i'm like I, I, and I actually was going to do an Up Next Fest 2.0 with this, very, very close to announcing it as Up Next 2.0. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> we can't do that. So, yes, I always saw myself doing this. Um, specifically with this one, though, I feel like this is a much more appropriate extension of music you're missing. And I personally like that I'm not involved. I'm not going to be on stage. I'm not going to do a podcast. I like that it, it's kind of like us taking a step as music promoters and music bookers and not a podcast that throws concerts understood yeah i agree with that yeah that's not how like i am marketing my show either yeah kind of like kind of sort of but like not yeah like i don't want to be at the show myself like yeah i won't be like involved per se like i'm not gonna be on stage and different things like I, that. I can't believe i was i don't remember anything i said when i was on stage i don't remember anything you said either, yeah, so it's fine <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much but no i think um having that self-awareness is important of yeah. like where you fit into the equation and definitely like where we fit into the equation on these things um, and it's funny too like because going up like in radio it's very uh like self-fulfilling like you have to 
market yourself, promote yourself, like care about yourself. But when you do this, I, I really appreciate the fact that it's not about me and it's about expanding these artists and, and giving them the exposure, which in turn obviously grows my brand, but I don't need to be the face of it. No, no, yeah. absolutely not. Um, I love it, man. Well, guys, I'll put the flyer up on the screen too, but I'll also hold it up. Why not? Um, music, you're, uh, music You're Missing's Bedroom Pop Party snow mako lazy retrograded saturday june 17th at big night live get your tickets now while they last do uh, it i have one more question in main lesson for you i have to touch upon this um you cover the 64th grammys you were there for that <laughs> i want to hear a little bit about that that's crazy it was sick yeah um <laughs> and that's so, it it was just it was sick, yeah, it was leaving sick that. Yeah. no so uh i guess i'll give you the full story sure why not i was at my brother's bachelor party Okay. In Austin. And oh my God, I'm going to, I'm, I'm a best man in a bachelor party oh, in September. I'm going to need some recs. I'll give you some recs. I'm best man in my, my, my best friend's wedding. And uh, in November, when the party's in uh, September. Are you hoteling or Airbnb? Airbnb. Good. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk off camera. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to hear the rest of this, but go ahead. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and my friend who like was a producer at the show was like hey grammys and i was like yeah of course so i flew from austin to las vegas with one of my best friends who joined me on the bachelor party got a crazy ass suit velvet um because we got to like go on the right carpet and whatnot uh and i had like these like studded shoes um but anyhow that's not what you asked uh i was just kind of bragging for a minute <laughs> um but yeah obviously we went to the show it was cool i got to take a lot of videos and honestly they did like really well on tiktok wasn't expecting that um but the the, the part the, the meat of the story here is actually afterwards so how the grammys works is you aren't allowed to drink alcohol during the you're not allowed to drink or eat anything on the floor during the actual show when the commercials are on you got to go outside get your food and drink and you're not allowed back in the venue with them so you have to eat them outside or like in the hallways so i'm around a lot of like business people and everyone's getting drunk everyone's drinking so we like <laughs> after just killing shots yes like, like literally you had to force exactly it? you had to like force drink them so every commercial break like someone would be buying someone to drink so we'd go out and we get pretty tanked, I'm not going to lie. So we finally leave the Grammys, and we get dinner, like, super late. And I got dinner at uh, Resorts World in Las Vegas, like okay. this big hotel. And I, this is – I could have made this story shorter. But we meet these two girls, and there's this guy, and he's randomly, like, taking off his pants. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? So we, like, step in, and we, like, try to break it up. He eventually gets kicked out after buying an $800, $800 bottle of wine on their tab – even though he didn't know them. So they ended up comping the bottle, or he bought it, I guess, and we drank it. And moral of the story, I thought I was drunk, actually got food poisoning immediately after, and we were supposed to go to an after party where, like, Zed was DJing. Oh, no. But I was so sick for, like, six hours, oh, and no. I couldn't go out afterwards. So Damn. <laughs> I so know that. Like, do, 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 do. <laughs> exactly. So, in short, it was a really cool opportunity. The Grammys were sick. Um, I got to cover with my phone, which was nice. However, the funny part is the fact that I had such a illustrious night planned, and I ended up just throwing up all night for like seven Damn. hours, and then I immediately flew home the next morning. That sounds like shit. 
It was really. hilarious, though. It was. Yeah, hindsight is. I'm funny. so happy I had that experience, mostly because, like, after being in a bachelor party, I I don't think I could have lasted at a Zed after party. Well, yeah, I mean, in a, in a bachelor party in Austin, Texas, no less. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Well, great story. Thank you, thank you for providing some context there. I was very curious about that, and I'm sorry that you got food poisoning. But hey, whatever makes the story a little bit better. No, it really does. I That's mean, because awesome. what was I? What I could have told you if I if I that didn't happen, the story would have just ended. It and I went to the Grammys. It was nice, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I threw up. Oh man, oh man. Well, Brendan, this has been an amazing episode. I'm stoked to have you down here. I'm glad you were able to pop by, promote not only your show but also the event on June 17th. Um, can't wait for that. It's going to be really exciting. Again, like I said, guys, make sure you guys get your tickets while they last. And selling them at the door as well, but yeah. like probably want to get them in advance is my yeah, guess. Yeah, get them in advance. But just, yeah, of course, if, if you forget, <laughs> we're not going to turn you away at the door. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, one final question. Um, this is the open response. Usually I would ask the question of the dream song scenario, mm. but you don't make music. I don't. So, therefore, we can't do the dream song scenario with you. So, instead, we're going to do the dream show scenario. Oh. So, I'll structure it the same way I structure it with artists that come on the show. They usually get a producer and three artists for their song, for their dream song. Mm -hmm. You, my friend, are going to get the same number of artists. You're going to get four artists. Four so artists, yeah. you have Snow, Mako, Lazy, Retrograded. That's kind of your magic number. You like the four. I do like the four, yeah. Yeah. So four artists. It would be Music You're Missing's show. You can even also say where it's going to be. It can be in any venue in mm -hmm. the world that you want it to be. Don't worry about budget. We're not worrying about that. We're manif <laughs> Again, I told you, we manifest on turntable teachers. So any venue and four artists for your show that you would be putting on, what would, where would it be? Who would the artists be? And what would the show kind of look like? Okay. So actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I originally had like a real answer. Not a real answer, but I'm like, oh, a realistic answer that I could do. But then I'm thinking about like me as a consumer and not me as a booker and what I wanted to attend. And this is what it's going to be. It's okay, going to be, I, I went to this really cool venue in Montreal and it was like this, it was large. Um, New City Gas is what it's called. So it's going to be there. Crazy venue. It's like kind of underground and there's like a lot of tunnels and then it just comes out to this huge event space and they have crazy lights. And I want it to be an homage to like 2009. So let's bring it back to our girl Kesha. She's going to be on there. All LMFAO. Right. 303. Oh. And... Don't trust the hoe. Don't trust the hoe. And who's the fourth? Who's who's like another one in that genre? Kesha, three hundred three. Because that's really the music that made me, and it's gonna be called the music that made you fest. Ooh, <laughs> and we just I need a fourth. Like it. Need it a can't fourth. be like it can't be someone that's like still kind of popping because that they've evolved. We need someone no who's really. Hey. Um. Um. Two thousand nine. Like maybe Jason Derulo? No, that's he's too. No, that's not. Right. It's got to be pop, right? It does. I was wanted to say like, like Little John, just to like that. Could, no, I would. I, that could. That, yeah, yeah. I would allow that just to like because he has songs with LMFAO and Three Hundred Three, right? And he could still do his own. And he could do his own thing. Thing, you know, and even have maybe like special guests, and they yeah, could do. Like, he could have Usher and Ludacris out for yeah. Like it could really mm -hmm. be a callback to the two thousands. Yeah, and or yeah, or the girl. What's the song to? See, I'm oh. gonna think of off yeah, air. Right. I'm gonna think of so many, 
but that's I didn't, the dream. I didn't expect I was going to have to help you with no, this. Yeah. But no, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. That's the dream. <laughs> I'm just messing around. The music that made you festival at New City Gas in Montreal, starring wow. my 2009 iPod Touch hits. I love it. Starring Kesha, LMFAO, <laughs> 303, and Lil John. The dream <laughs> show scenario. There you guys there have you it. Go. Brendan, thank you so much for coming on, man. This is a lot of fun. Thank you, dude. Much appreciated. This is a pleasure. Um, this is your time now. Plug away. Let the people know where they can find you. And anything oh, that Evans. I maybe missed, any shout outs, go for it. I think I would only say to buy your tickets to Bedroom Pop Party on June 17th at Big Night Live. Um, but no, if you are interested in music you're missing, feel free to toss us a follow on Instagram at music you're missing. That's kind of where everything lives. And you don't need to find me on personal. Save that for a rainy day. <laughs> Likewise. Don't even save it for a rainy day. Just don't follow me on my personal. Forget my name. That would be great. So if you're a fan of <laughs> Brendan and, and music you're missing and just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram. TikTok, dare I say, even though we don't like TikTok, but we it's a forced thing. Not a forced thing, but it's kind of a It's a love-hate relationship. Exactly. I'm sorry if exactly. I offended anyone. Exactly. It's okay. It's all right. I wasn't offended personally. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get easily offended on Turntable Teachers. We're good. Uh, yeah, Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok. Hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs, podcast episodes, merch. We got it all there. And then, of course, if you are an artist, content creator, podcaster, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org. Uh, follow us on Instagram, AOA Studios, sorry, AOA.studios. And uh, yeah, take advantage of all the great services we have and, of course, the specials we have going on. Uh, all of our services are discounted through the summer and early fall. So make sure you get onto that. And that's it for, for us here. Uh, June 17th, we hope to see you guys there at Bedroom Pop Party from Music You're Missing. I'm Mike. That's Brendan with the Turntable Teachers and class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn,